Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are tuning in from, we would like to welcome you to the Unmeasured Podcast and Experience, where we truly believe the journey to eudaimonia begins with one measured step at a time. I'm your host, Derek. And I'm your host, Abdil, also known as Buddy. What's up, Buddy? How was your week, man? You know I always got to ask about the week. Week was good. Um, a lot of great discussions, conversations with customers and, you know, colleagues. A lot of good things um, underway for sure. Um, also, solid week in the gym. I didn't miss any days. That's dope. Yeah, so feeling really good. I did tweak my shoulder because I on the last day yesterday, yeah. I didn't warm up. You didn't warm and up? I got excited. You, you, and, know, you know you're yeah. too old not to warm up now. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say, you know. But, you know, I'll definitely, you know, just keep note of that and do better next time. But for the next couple of days, I'm just going to keep it really cool, relax, and um, let my body recover the way it needs to. And I'm also started, so I also started a new book. Um, um, it's called Pound of Stone by Joshua, Joshua Metcalf. So looking forward to, you know, diving into some of the insight that he has what is that um, when it comes about? to just... What is that book going to be about? Um, it's, I mean, it's about, um, actually, the topic that we're going to talk about today, right? The formation of a habit, um, keeping the main thing the main thing, what it means to, you know, to continuously put effort towards or concerted effort towards a particular uh, item or habit. And then over time, you know, you hit this point where you get the breakthrough. Yeah. And the, and then the book just highlights what it actually means to get to that point. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. What about yourself? How was That's your good. week? I mean, my week was, my week was uh, topsy-turvy. For lack of better uh, you words. You were something. Walk me through that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it waves. It just goes in waves. So it was definitely topsy-turvy. Um, it's just a lot of work, man. I, I think at my job, because we're trying so hard to go from a startup to like an enterprise company to really hone things down and improve our processes, make the customers happy. We've been working extra hard as a unit. So anybody from, you know, Crux OCM listening to this, shout out to to you guys because it's been a grind, right? And so this week we really felt it. It's been so much of a grind this week that I felt it physically. By Friday, I was actually physically tired. Usually I'm just mentally tired. Sheesh. Like I didn't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to think. I just want to relax. But Friday, I was like physically tired. I was in front of the screen clicking. I was like, man, my fingers hurt. I've been clicking so much this week. <laughs> um, it's life in the trenches. Yeah, it you is. Know, when you... It is. Mm-hmm. But what it made me think about is how I need to now adapt. I'm in this new role. I'm, I'm a tech lead now. Um, we're, we're getting a lot new more people into the company. We're changing the way we do things. We're changing ideas. We're changing responsibilities. And so what I found myself is, you know, I'm stretching I'm stretching my abilities, but also exiting my comfort zone. There's a certain group of things that I was very good at, and I'm having to, I'm having to change that up. And so that's that's why I think habits is going to be important. Um, a little backstory: last week I had a review. This is probably the first performance review where I wasn't excellent across the whole entire board, right? And I was, and then that's feedback that you gave yourself, or is that feedback that you got? That's feedback that I got. That's feedback that I okay. got. And I, and I think I expected it. It's always good feedback when you get feedback and you don't see any surprises. When you don't see any mm. surprises, that usually is a good indication that you're being real with yourself about how you're performing in a particular area. And so there were yeah. no surprises. I was happy about that. But there was also some feedback, you know, that um, it really hit home. To, to when you say it to yourself, it's a lot softer. You're always telling yourself, hey, I got time, blah, blah, blah. 
when you're hearing it from somebody else and you know that they notice that this is a deficit in your and whatever you're doing, you know, you know, it stings, it stings a little more. It, 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 um, yeah, it presses on you more to fix that particular thing. And so in thinking about that, I started thinking, Hey, there's, there's going to be a whole swath of habits, activities, um, routines that I'm going to have to get into as I'm stepping into this new chapter of what my career looks like. I'm I'm excited, but also um, it's also a little intimidating to see like, man, you know, I've I've spent so much time honing on these skills. Now I got to go hone on another set of skills. It is also a great thing, mm-hmm. right? Well, one, you have the ability to have a level of self-awareness to know when you're not, you know, being your best self in a particular category. And then now it's like, hey, I've been putting all my fuel and all my eggs in this basket to build this particular, you know, habit or or outcome that is relative and relevant to the company, to yourself. And it is something that they they need from you to move to the next milestone. But at the same time, there's always an opportunity to say, all right, you've been doing a great and amazing job on these particular things. Now let's focus on the other areas where, you know, you have some room to grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most people would take that personally and like, what the heck? Now I'm not going to be able to do this or now it's going to be more work and they don't appreciate who I am. And they they bring a, a lot of different thoughts and ideas that necessarily don't need to be on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think it really says a lot about you to really take that feedback as a challenge to say like, hey, all right, I've been operating at Derek 3.0, time to get to Derek 4.0, exactly. you know, and, and raise the game. And I think that's important. I think that's important just for personal growth. I don't think you can grow unless you have that kind of mindset. And it, 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 all, mm-hmm. it all depends on how long you stay in that state of shock, right? That state of like, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, make a pivot. Because sometimes that can paralyze you. You're like, man, I need to make a pivot. And you're kind of just like in analysis paralysis. You're just thinking about the fact that you have to make the pivot that you take away from the time that you should be, you know, making the actual pivot, like making those yeah. steps, making those gains, making those strides to get into that new chapter. So it's going to be very interesting. You know, I'll keep the audience posted on how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I need to keep track myself of my performance, the things that I need to work on. So when it comes to that, so these things that you're going to be working on, what is it specifically? So one of the things that they asked me to work on is more thought leadership. Um, so thinking outside of my specific area and thinking into the broader scale. And my pushback mm-hmm. for that was, I do think like that when I'm thinking about things, you know, and I voice those, but I'm not voicing it loud enough. And that was part of the feedback. Like you may throw some nuggets or tidbits here and there, but you're not like putting your foot down and saying, we should really be thinking about this. And that's what they're exactly. asking. That's what they're asking more from me is to say, and I, and I get this. From speak my, up. Yeah. Speak up, speak up loudly. That's what they do. What they were asking me to do. And I'm generally not a loud speaker. I'm more of a, I told you so, you know, <laughs> kind of. <guy. laughs> this is what I would do. Yeah. But, you know. I told you so. Are you do it the way you are? I'm going to do it the way I want. When we get there, I'm going to look at you and say, uh, that's, that's what I told you, uh, but they want more. <laughs> <laughs> but what they want from me is more of 
I'm going to tell you from the beginning, and I'm not moving off of this hill. If I think mm-hmm. it's right, I think it's right. So they're asking more of that. So we'll see how it works. It is what the interesting thing about it, though, is it's like a change in personality, right? Because, and, and, it's, and it's a decision that you're going to, you can't take lightly. Because what they're asking me to do is not necessarily think more about the broad ideas. It's changed the way I present the broad ideas. And that doesn't come without a change in the way you speak, um, the way you talk, how you present things. And that's usually innate to the person, right? The way you may approach a situation yeah. is going to be different than I approach a situation. So their call to action really is for you to tap into your emotional intelligence aspect, mm-hmm. right? So reading reading the room, understanding that, you know, you're going to have team members um, that are going to have their ideas and voice their opinions and ideas. But if you know there's something that needs to be done, and this is something that is going to lead to the uh, outcomes that the company is, or, or initiatives that the company is pushing for, yeah. then you need to be confident in saying that and then also doing it in a way that empowers that person that has the other, other idea mm-hmm. because it may not go in that direction. But how do you kind of get them to understand why it's important to go in this direction? And again, that comes down to how you present your information. Yep. Um, so I think that's that's it's good. It's always challenging, right? Because when you're dealing with people, that's a moving target. It's not fixed. Like you do this one thing, and you know someone's behavior changes, and then you still have to adjust mm-hmm. and understand where that person is, um, or where that the, a particular project is in the grand scheme of yeah. things, and know where you stand um, as as a resource, as an individual contributor, as a leader, mm-hmm. um, in moving that effort forward. So. Um, it's definitely, definitely something that, again, can be mentally draining. Mentally draining, yeah. And then physically, if you're having to do phys- physical tasks and doing all these different actions to get you to the outcome. And um, the the interesting, the best part about it is, you know, or the hardest part about it, I will say, is I'm going to have to train myself to do something else. And this is mm. this is where I think the habits come in. Because I don't normally have a habit of being the person and being the elephant in the room, right? Where I'm, or I don't even know what animal you would call it. Being the loudest person in a room, essentially. I'm usually not yeah. the loudest person in a room. I might be the smartest being person. Being the lion in yeah. a room, right? Because the, the lion is room. known for its roar. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm yeah. generally a listener, and then I'll give you know short, concise feedback. But they want me to be the loudest person in a room, so that's going to... and I'm. And so it's just a fast forward, right? So what my idea is, and you can we can piggyback off of this to, to let me know this is a good idea. So my first Absolutely. thing yeah. is communication, right? I want to be able to effectively communicate to the other members of the team that this is my idea and then, you know, ask for feedback. So the first thing I'm going to try to do now is incorporate more summaries. So I have a lot of broad ideas in which I may present in short bites in meetings. But now I need to present it as a full, like a deck or a one pager on this is exactly what I want to do. Any comments? Yeah. And then I think the second piece is the follow up, because a lot of times what can happen is the room can get quiet after the lion roars. You know, people don't want to say anything. And that that part is going to be the second thing I'm going to need to to, to really change, because like I said before, I'm the, you know, I told you so guy, you know, you didn't want to listen. I gave you all the information. 
that's that's yeah. that's kind of on you. But what they're asking for but, is well, think about it. It's kind of like a conference, right? When you have engineers or people, there's this particular thing that they're looking to develop, right? They go to a concert, whether whether it's a 10x conference or a Grant Cardone or you know, a conference from Tony Robbins, right? Or going to you know, going to a congregation where you gather with people who are you know in faith or have a, an outcome that they're looking to reach when it comes to their faith, and right. The, usually the people on the stage or the person on the stage has already gone through what the, you know, the challenges, the hurdles and understands this is what needs to be done for you to get to what you say you want for your life. Yeah. But right. The follow up, right. Everybody's riled up in a conference, you know, they're doing affirmations, they're doing backflips and jumping on trampolines and everybody's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of that, you know, and it's like, that's great. But what happens when you leave this particular location? Because again, this is something that happens, right? Whether it's the meeting, right? This maybe that meeting is something that you have once a month or once biweekly. So obviously everybody's gonna, you know, get on board, right? Because you're presenting these ideas in a way that's like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. But what is the follow-up? And the follow-up can't only be on the presenter. Mm -hmm. It has to be on the receiver yeah. too. And the receiver the receiver has to make a plan to incorporate that into their daily routine. And that's when it really becomes a habit. Right. Right. So if I go to a Tony Robbins concert, or I said concert, like he sings, uh, conference. Conference. Yeah. <laughs> if I go mm -hmm. to a Tony Robbins conference. I'm sure he sings in his conference and how he <laughs> delivers his affirmations. <laughs> I, I, would, I would like to see that. Tony Robbins singing that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd pay for it, but I would like to see it. But, um, but yeah, it really it's really up to the person attending or the person who is gaining something from what has been said to really go back and find a way to implement it, right? And so when we talk about yeah. the implementation, we're really talking about developing, changing your behavior, one, changing your behavior, and then two, developing a habit to maintain that behavior. And what, right. what I found is sometimes that's not always easy to gauge when that's going to happen, right? I think oftentimes we get into this thing of like, it takes 21 days for a habit to form. And from some people I'm hearing, it takes 90 days from a habit to form, right? And so I kind of yeah. land somewhere in the middle and where I say, it may take 21 days for you to begin to realize the habit is forming. And it probably takes around roughly 90 days for the habit to be solidified, right? For you to really be that person that is really going to the gym or for you to really be that person who is changing their life or for me to be that person who is really assertive about his ideas and meetings and being that thought leader that my company is asking for. Um, so that's yeah. what I think. What's your take on that? Yeah. Um, I, in my, in my, uh, you know, on the journey that I've been, uh, I've heard this, right? 21 days, you got 90 days, um, and I think it really depends on the person, um, for sure, and, and the systems that they have in place, work life, do you have kids, uh, do you work during the day, do you work at night? So you have to understand the different tools and the different structures that are at play um, when you're looking to form a habit. Now, when I look at 21 days, in my opinion, it doesn't take 21 days to, to form a habit. I think it takes 21 days to gain traction, mm -hmm. right? So if you want to, you know, build that forward momentum and movement where it's like, hey, there's a good chance that you're going to now have a habit because now 
this traction of you showing up 21 days um, is working for you, then that's where we get to the conversation. And then now let's say we get to 90 days. Um, at that point, maybe the habit is established. And, and I guess we have to bring it back to what is a habit? How do we define a habit? So I have a definition here, right? So a habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. So if something's hard to give up, that means you don't even have to think about it to do it. Mm. So let's, let's, what are some examples that come to mind of things that are automatic, that someone doesn't have to tell you to do it, that you do it automatically? And one, in my opinion, would be brushing your teeth, right? It would be very difficult for me to, <laughs> to, to break the habit of brushing my teeth. One, because the next person I meet and, and confront they're gonna have some. They're gonna have some feedback from me. Yeah. One is gonna be find the nearest toothbrush and mouthwash <laughs> and make the tooth work for you, so that this conversation could progress. Yeah. <laughs> because we we're not moving past this point until you do that. But yeah, what about for you? Let's let's talk about some automatic habits and and things that are easy to do that most people don't think about it, but they had to work at it. Some automatic habits. Um. I would say something that's automatic is like, you know, just taking shoes off when you get into the crib. <laughs> <laughs> it's an automatic habit for me. Um, but those are things that you think about unconsciously. But you're right, though. They're considered habits, right? Those are things that you consider habits. Making my bed is probably like an automatic habit. Um, things that I have been... But you had to work at that, right? Because there's actually a book on that, making your bed, where it's like how you start your day, mm -hmm. right? And making the bed now becomes an intentional this is the other aspect roots part of a routine that you have to set a cadence for how that day is going to be mm -hmm. so for you it starts right the first thing i do when i get out of my bed i make my bed and then the, the idea around that is if you didn't do anything productive or that you wanted to do that day you made the bed and you come back to a bed that was made mm -hmm. so at least that's a win and then that's it sets that positive emotion um, and, 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 and taps on that dopamine of, hey, this is a win. Yeah. Um, so what are your ideas on that? I want, I want to take it back, though, like to the question about you asking me about my habits. And I'm starting to realize, yeah. like, if it's a habit, you're probably not thinking about it. Because that was, you know, taking off the shoes is probably like the quickest thing that I can think of. But there are probably so many things that I do daily that I don't even realize that I'm doing. And I feel like based on the definition that you gave, that's when it's a habit. When you forget yeah. that you're doing it because you're doing it so religiously, it's become ingrained in you. And that may just be the definition. I mean, I think we get hung up on these, on days, amount of time, because we want to we wanna get that check mark. Oh yeah, I have a good habit. You know, I've done this for 90 days. I have a great habit. But I think it's really when it becomes unconscious, when it becomes second nature to you, that you don't even thinking about it as a habit. It's just it happens, and you can't. Yeah. You you know, somebody were to ask you if you're doing it, you wouldn't even know that you're doing it. It's almost like when you're driving. They say like when you're driving from two places, like from work to home, half of the time you're driving unconsciously. It's muscle memory. That's what gives you the ability to listen mm -hmm. to a podcast or talk on the phone or um, daydream while you're driving. Because your body is so used to it, has become a habit that you're unconsciously doing the, the activity. And so that may be the point of a true habit. Interesting. When you're just unconscious about when you're doing it. 
you're just there, you do it regularly, and it doesn't take much to get you there. I think it's an interesting yeah, concept. So we might have to rewrite the definition. We might have to call Webster and rewrite the definition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, I think, you know, 2023 version onward, mm-hmm. this should be the definition based on, you know. Our findings. On our findings. So the other thing now, right? So because we, we define habit as something that we don't think about, that we do, and we don't do it, mm-hmm. we feel it, and we we feel like we can't move forward or or now there's this like it feels like a thorn right until that thing is done so now we there's that aspect but then the other concept around routines right and and essentially routines um let's let's get the definition of routines uh let's see a sequence of actions regularly followed essentially a fixed program so now let's talk about having a program having a, a, a set of actions that you regularly do. And when you do those things over time, those things can become habits, something that yeah. you automatically don't think about. But you have to create a system that allows you to do those things successfully. Mm-hmm. That may be important. That may be the that may be the, the piece. You might have just unlocked the gem. That's because I think when we think of habit and routine, uh, before you read that definition, I used to just think of them synonymously, right? They're pretty much the same thing. But it looks like or yeah. what you, you can most people do. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing right now is the routine is the facilitator of the habit. So the routine is almost like the schedule and you gotta get that habit in there. Otherwise, without the routine, you'll never it'll never become second nature to you. Yeah, exactly. So it would be right, as as you said, right? You have the routine. Routines are typically uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. So let's say an example, you you wanna you want more time to be proactive, productive, and, and work on things that are intentional, things that are going to create the life that you want. That may mean you waking up at 5 in the morning or 6 in the morning if you typically wake up 8, 9 in the morning. But that also means, right, to start your day on that foot, you have to end a previous day on a better foot and that is sleeping at the same time whether it's 9 30 10 30 right to give you to increase your chances of actually accomplishing the start to the next day um so i think it really takes a concerted effort yeah and when you think about that that's how 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 did i end my the day before yeah and then how and how is that going to essentially if you think about a relay race Pass the baton to the next day for me to conquer that race that exists on that day. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting because you're you're almost you're setting up the frame for you're basically setting up the house or you're setting up the the environment as you would say the atmosphere for this habit to actually live in, which is which is which is very interesting. You know what I mean? I mean, I you don't yeah. usually think of it that way in. But you should, I think. Like, if you wanted a plant to grow, you wouldn't put it on concrete, right? You would make it as such that the mm. plant could grow. You would put it in a pot. You would get it water. You put it by the window so it gets sunlight. And I think that's how we need to think about uh, the habit. You need to put the habit exactly. inside of the routine and in a place in the routine that it can grow, right? So it's like, let's say you want to go to the gym. Facts. It may be hard for you to put the gym at the end of the day. If you know, like you work a, 
a tiring job and 1030, like your kids want to go to sleep. Like if you put the habit in a place where it can't grow, where it can't develop, where it can't get the attention that it needs, it might just die. Then it shrivels up and die. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So now if, let's say if we want to create this routine, Mm -hmm. right? Because the routine is the start. What is it that we need to do? So through research and some readings, one of the recommendations is you have to set your intentions. So what would that look like for, for you, right? Or give some examples of someone, if they're setting intentions for a routine that they want in their life, what it could potentially, what would, what would that actually look like for them? Well, then we can piggyback off what I was talking before. I think it's the first thing I did when I got that feedback is like, I just need to start rattling off ideas. What would make me, what are my motivations to get me from point A to point B? What are those things that I can do? And that's going to be personal to every individual because I know at this point in my life, I know what are the things that motivate me to do things, right? What are the reward, kind of like the reward um, system that'll get me to move the needle on whatever activity I'm doing? So I think that's the first step is really just understanding yourself and asking yourself, what can I do to get me, what is going to make me motivated to get from point A to point B? Once I've identified and I th- Go ahead. Yeah, and I think that's important. Um, with So connecting to that, right, you've touched on the what. Mm-hmm. Is it the, 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 the what? But attached to that what is why. Why is that important? And I think a lot of times, you know, people have their various reasons, as you said, and it's going to be personal to them. But I think there are some common you know, high level wise that people may not consciously know that is a reasoning behind the reason why they want this particular thing to be a habit for them. One could be fame, right? People just want the attention, the recognition that comes with having this particular routine mm-hmm. or habit, right? The conversations that comes from it, bragging rights, you know, the the physical outcomes that you, that a person would be able to see because you prioritize this particular habit. Um, the other thing could be um, family, yeah, right? Or, or right? Is th- was there something that, as a child, you grew up in, and you saw something, a system that really wasn't beneficial to the generation? Right. Um, or to that household that made you feel this compelling reason to now say, I know I don't want that. Yeah. And the only way I'm going to not get that, because at this point it's been around, that would be more of the habit that exists. Right. Because a lot of it's not thought about or a lot of it exists, whether right with the conditions that you essentially subscribe to yeah. on a daily right over time. So what is it that you get to, what is it that you need to do? And is that the way you grew up a strong enough reason for you to now create a shift in your, that now your breaks behavior. generational curses yeah. or generational habits? Yeah, what do you I think? It, whatever it is, because it could be family, it can be fame, it could be greed. But what I think is important is that whatever it is, it needs to come from you. It needs to come from the outside and being projected outward as opposed to projected onto you and now you're trying to project it back, right? 
And I think that's where people yeah. get confused. And that's where habits generally break down is when we talked about your environment isn't correct, right? That's the, one, the first thing. And then you're talking about the why. That's going to be kind of like the second piece. Why are you doing what you're doing? So if it's an outside pressure, let's say fame. We can take fame. That's an easy one to attack, right? And, and rip apart. Yeah. Um. So let's say you, you see people being famous. <laughs> you see people being famous and you want the, you don't necessarily want to be famous, but you want all of the, the results of being famous, right? You want people to love mm-hmm. you. You want the attention. You want all of that stuff. But if it's really not in you to be famous, no matter how hard you try, you probably won't be famous, right? Because it's not something that you really enjoy. It's not part of your purpose. It's not something that you strive for. It doesn't come from within. It's almost this outside influence that you're trying to mimic. And whenever you get into these situations where you're mimicking and not being your true self, I think it makes it, and you can do it. Don't get me wrong. Some people can fake it till they make it and they are masters at doing it. But th- and most people, yeah. And, you know, that was a rule that we learned as kids. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, especially if you're coming from an environment where, you know, the odds weren't stacked up in a way that allows you to get this the fame or, or the, the outcomes and materialistic things that come with this lifestyle. Yeah. It's like, hey, go to your nearest mall and, and start putting hit H&M, hit Zara, put your pieces together. <laughs> And, you know, looked apart and, you know, over time people will think and attract and you're gonna, associate you with what exists there. And you're going to upset a lot of people. You're trying to tell them that Zara and HM is faking it to you. <laughs> what I'm saying, right, you have designers, you have these major brands, yeah. right? And you allow the major brands to be the driving force of how you deliver your value, right? Clothing, yeah. the things that you put on. If it's makeup, you're putting that on. If it's clothes, mm-hmm. you're putting that on. If it's if it's if it's you know uh, in a concept, right? You find ways in the different things associated yeah. to that concept. You put that on so that the people who exist, who show up, who who truly have a passion for the craft that exists within it, within that atmosphere. Yeah. Then from afar, you look, you like, look yeah. like you look like them. Like but then that. the people, when you're in conversation and and you're in that atmosphere, and if the people are actually putting in the work, you know, certain things start to stand out over time. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I'm not talking about I am a huge Zara man. <laughs> I wear H&M too. You're you know trying, what I'm saying? So I'm to, not talking about trying to retract this statement. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want I didn't want that I didn't want that to be the what the takeaway was the highlight. The point I'm saying is, you know, you have to have a strong right. You have to reflect, and there are always going to be tools and things that you can leverage to get you to the outcomes. But do not miss the point of you developing the actual skill, the the, the showing up to gain the knowledge, mm-hmm. whether it's reading the book, uh, becoming an expert at you know the, the craft or the field. So that, you know, when you are in a room with, with these people, right, with the fame and, and, and the wealthy or the rich or, or the brilliant yeah. minds that are out there, right, the conversations you're going to have are going to be about the work and research you did. To get not there. on the, the, not the item that you just decided to put on. Maybe they'll compliment you like, hey, you know, I, I like that 
outfit that you put together, mm-hmm. but do you do you just want to be the person that just looks good? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, and unless you're in the fashion industry, that might work. Yeah, but. even even in the fashion industry, I think you know there's something about wearing it and there's something about knowing about it right so like if you ask mm. a sneakerhead let's say i have the i have some you know some limited edition jordans on there may be somebody out there who's a true sneakerhead and ask me about oh those are dope jordans you know like and then wait for me to give them the backstory on those jordans yeah. right that's true <laughs> and then that's when you know if you're a true sneakerhead i know you know when it was worn what game this, these sneakers became famous who wears them in the NBA? Those are people who are really yeah. following sneakers. But I can dress the part yeah. all I want. But at a certain point, you're going to get to a position where you're going to be amongst those people that you're playing the part of. And they're going to be able to sniff out, for lack of better words, your BS about who you are, why you're there, and what your intentions are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They'll sniff it out. They'll, They'll know. It out. Exactly. And you'll know they know because you're not going to be able to be fluent in, in the conversation that exists. It's like, oh, this person might be on to me. And now your thing is to pivot. Maybe and maybe you have a great skill of pivoting to things that you are comfortable growing. Yeah. And what I don't want to take away, right? There is an aspect where sometimes you have to fake it till you make it, yeah. right? But do you want to make sure that that concept, if that is one that you're, uh, uh, you know, subscribing to and utilizing this tool, right? Treat it as a tool, not the end all be all, not the cake. Mm-hmm. Let let that be. All right, I know this will get me in the door, but all the information, the research, the time that I spent going to the gym, if it's being amongst fit, fitness guys, right? You showing up consistently, and then what it means to go through a challenge and get an injury and then come back yeah. and then. Now be able to lift more and push more or whether it's you taking a certification and you you know this is something that's important for your industry. You fell, right? And then you now go back and then you pass that journey of what it was for you to understand the concepts that that were pivotal at that time. And then when you not achieving that goal and understanding that you use resources and the resources you use wasn't what you needed. Yeah. Right? These are organic conversations. The people who go through the motions, these are the things that they figure out. Mm-hmm. And that's what becomes relatable. Yeah. The journey of, you know, the wins and losses yeah. and you actually putting a concerted effort behind this particular action mm-hmm. or outcome and, and then all the lessons and the emotions and feelings that exist and that comes top of mind. Um, when you're on this journey that's, of keeping the main thing, the main thing. That's very true. That's very true. I mean, that's how people become friends because you, you're you sharing these similar experiences, knowledge bases, um, losses. You know, when you can share losses with somebody, and we talked a little bit about this, we'll save this for another time, vulnerability. You know what I mean? When I know that yeah. you've been through the same kind of thing that I've been, that's a connection that, that can be made instantly, right? Because we've gone and endured the same kind of pain. And if you're faking it till you make it the entire time, you're going to miss out on some of those moments where you should have been participating in the pain or you should have been participating in the excitement, but you just didn't get that experience because you weren't authentic about it, right? And this, right. Is, this is the important part about choosing what your habit is going to be, what the next thing is going to be for you, how you approach it, all of these things that we've been talking about today. It really comes down to what I believe is like your, your innate wants or your innate reason 
or your your just purpose for doing something. Yeah, I agree. Um, so now if we think about let's 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 go back and forth. Yeah. Why one thing might may or may not work. Why you think it's better, and then I'll I'll give you some feedback. So, waking up early in the morning. No. So some habits and 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 things that can come with that, right? One, if you have kids, um, or yeah, if you have kids, or right, you just know you have to be out the door by a certain time, and then once you leave the door, that day most most likely becomes one that is reactive to the to the ask that exists within the workspace. Mm-hmm. Then at what point do you get to set your intention on the things that you're intentionally looking to build and develop? So one, again, I mentioned previously the 5 a.m. club. Yeah. Right. You set 20 minutes. So the first hour, right, you you break that up into 20 minute segments. And now you talk about you, you right, you whether if for you, if it's working out then you, you find a routine for yourself. I was talking to someone a few days ago and, you know, she doesn't sleep. A lot. She's just like, yeah, you know, I go on like five hours yeah. of, of sleep, and she's like, I was like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, you don't feel at some point that it's taking away from you showing up and being present, maybe towards the end of the day. And she's like, no, you know, I've been doing it for so long, it's not even a thought. And then now we think about the moguls, right? The you know, Bill Gates, uh, John Chambers, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos. These guys sleep, I think, like three hours, three and a half hours. And I'm like, I would how is that, that even possible? I would challenge yeah. that. I would challenge that. I think the people who are highly successful find time to make time for the things that are important to them. And I think sleep is one of those things that you can't, that you can't really live without, right? You can go through periods of your life where you're sleeping for three, four hours, but I don't think it's sustainable. And personally, for somebody who's been, who's done it, I did it for like a two years. Of that, you know, that five-hour sleep cycle, that four-hour sleep cycle, you're making a sacrifice. You may not realize what that sacrifice is until you get out of that cycle or state that you're in, but you're making some kind of sacrifice. There is nothing that you should be doing that should prevent you from getting eight hours of God-given sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I but again, that, yeah. I, again, I've been challenged. Even our cousin Eli is like, yeah. he's like, he's like, yo, buddy. I think you're sleeping a little. I think too you can much. shorten your time frame. Yeah, you're like too much. You know, for me, I'm like, you know, eight hours is solid. He's like, trust me, you you can do six. You know, you can do less, and you, you can get more can. done. You probably can. You know what? This is, and I'm not saying I can't. Yeah, I'm just saying, do I want to? Does it make sense? <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's perfectly fine. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think he's he's raising the statistics about like, you know, the statistics that you get about sleep are very generic. They're not actually narrowed down to the specific person, right? So it may be true yeah. that you as an individual, if you time up your sleep cycle right, can only sleep six, six and a half hours, etc. And the probably and probably the yeah. only way to really test that out is to sleep without an alarm. And kind of let your body figure out when's the best time to get up. And then you'll get a good gauge of how much sleep do you actually need, right? On the weekends... What that I- sounds like a setup, though. <laughs> I feel like first you would have to start with the alarm. And once you, right, you 21 days, you get some traction. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to the three-month mark, right, first quarter. And then now it's like almost a habit, maybe a habit. You then gotta- from there, it's like, all right, I now mean- let me turn off the alarm and see if... I mean, I can it's, do it's really, without. it's really up to the body. Cause once you, once you put the alarm on your body's always going to get into this, like, you know, this cycle of, okay, 
I know that I'm going to sleep for eight hours because I'm expecting this alarm to rise me, right? And so this yeah. is eight hour time period that you're building in for your body. I don't think I don't think it's about um how long can your body sleep or should sleep. It's really about how long are you training your body to sleep and what is the minimum, right? Mm-hmm. There's a minimum like before that. your body's kind of like not feeling you're good. forcing it. Yeah, and there's a maximum yeah. where your body's like, you ever get you ever sleep so much that you're tired after you finish sleeping? Yeah, yeah. Right now it's like you might as well keep sleeping. And people think, oh, if I sleep longer or if I keep sleeping, then at some I'll, point I'll hit this quota. My mm-hmm. like, no, the body's like keep giving me more of that, yeah. right? Because it feels good. I don't have to do anything. Face plant the pillow, you know, and we're all good and dandy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a range. I definitely do think there's a range. And it, and not as you're saying that, I feel ignorant about saying that you need the eight hours because I haven't done the research. I haven't done the research mm. into really into finding out for myself what is that minimum amount of sleep that an individual needs and how you, can you gauge it? How can you measure it, right? To make sure that it's yeah. optimal for yourself. What are some factors that you should be thinking about when you're gauging your sleep? Um, and that may be something I need. That may be my homework is to figure out, you know, what, how long should I really be sleeping? And I, and I think it comes down to the the role, the outcome, yeah. right? So if your goal is to be a CEO yeah. of a Fortune 500, 400, 300, 200, 100 company, there's a good chance those leaders mm-hmm. aren't sleeping eight hours. And if they are, they have a really great way of like when they're up, of like efficiently getting through their tasks, yeah. right? And one, right, again, you have tools, different systems, right? But at the same time, you ask yourself, all right, eight hours, does eight hours equate to someone, an individual contributor, where, right, that will hit their quota, be just what they need for them to even grow and increase and get to their 10,000 hours of what it means to become an expert. But now if you're a leader, right, or a manager, maybe it's seven hours. Mm-hmm. And as, as a manager, it's like, right, because there's things that you got to do and then you have to now check and reflect on the work that your individual contributors uh, um, provided mm-hmm. and, and the things that they're doing, right? So you might need more hours to do that. And then again, are you are you a single person? Are, are you married? Do you have a family? Do you want these things? And, and do you want these things to be successful and to be healthy, right? That's the other aspect because yeah. you could have all those different aspects, but if you're, you know, putting too much fuel or water or, or eggs in one basket, then what you're essentially doing is neglecting the other pillars that 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 are holding and uh, those other foundational uh, pieces and components. So now the question is, yeah, you, you might be a family man today, but if you if you pour too much on the business or work aspects, unless you have a good system in place, there's a chance that it, you, it might lead you to divorce. Yeah. And then there are stats on there that show people who are in leadership positions or who are in these particular kind of roles where they have to do more than the average person mm-hmm. and they have to, and then they lock in on the vision and then nothing can get in front of that yeah. and can't distract them from that. Then it just becomes like, Hey, you know, I'll continue to provide, but you know, this is bigger than us. And if you don't get it, I'm sorry. Um, you're gonna have to make some some, some you know life changing decisions and uh, yeah. yeah and it's just gonna be what it is yeah yeah I mean 
There's a lot to unpack. There's there. a lot there's to, a lot there's to a, unpack. There's a ton to unpack there, and we we may need to reserve that for other episodes. We'll we'll, we'll run this back, take some notes, and figure out what we need to unpack there. Because there's a ton to unpack there. I mean, what you're what you're essentially yeah. talking about. You're going from habit. We're going from habit to how we pick the habits, right? And then we talked a little yeah. bit about research and figuring out what's the best way to to formulate those habits to schedule, right? Create the environment that we want. How do we schedule it? And what tools can we use to actually promote that habit so that we can effectively do it the way that we want to do it? And so I think with those three main points, that's a launching pad into larger topics about how we can get there, right? Depending on what yeah. you want to do. Because, you know, we can see it just with yourself, right? You found a way to do all of those. Facilitate the environment for you to get in the gym. Find the tools, whether it be at the gym or, you know, alarm clock to get you there. And then you've, you know, you've made space in your schedule because you weren't going before, right? And that time- I struggled and I had my, you know, my uh, my bro Thaddeus, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got, he's been locked in in the gym. Yeah. For, I would say now, it's probably going on to two years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have the exact time frame. But, like, he never went to the gym really before. And then this is like, hey, I've been doing things a certain way. I want to break flow and try this new thing and commit myself mm-hmm. to it. And he gets up consistently. Is at the gym at 5. He's not waking up at 5. He's at the gym at 5. Yeah. And he, we have this group chat that he created, 20 Days of Fitness, with, you know, other like-minded in- individuals who are are also focused on building a better life and health um, through, you know, showing up at the gym and just working out consistently, whether it's in the house or at the gym or however it may be. And he's been like really the catalyst that allowed me to get back in the gym because he would always ask, he's like, hey, man, you used to be in the gym. Like it was nothing for you. And now you're making all these excuses. What's going on? I'm confused. I'm like, I'm confused too. I'm trying to figure it out. (laughs) We're all confused. (laughs) confused i'm trying to figure it out and you know it really took time right and everybody has their own time and then you know what i appreciate about him he always provided grace and he's like all right well you know i'm at the gym so whenever you're ready you know where to find me yeah yeah you could i could meet him there and he was setting the example and i i love that right to be the person that can set the example and let the example influence a person's action over time versus you preaching and 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 you know mm-hmm. just using just talking to a person and just throwing a ton of information at them and they may not it may be too much information or they may be going through something personally mm-hmm. you know like you mm-hmm. hear mental health is top of mind for everyone in, in in the time that we're in right so there's always something going on something that's pulling away from us showing up as our best selves mm-hmm. and then when you have right you have a system of solid people who are you know showing up shooting in the gym and being consistent in that way and for them it's like they provide grace and and they move in a humble hum, uh, a humble way where they show humility and and they just continuously show up show up and do their thing and it doesn't matter if you see them doing it or not you know that's where they're gonna be yeah. um and then let that thing be the example i was like all right the example. Yeah. And I can say that's part of the reason why I'm at the gym today yeah. consistently. And then now I'm showing up. Uh, I, I would say I'm over 21 days. I haven't really been tracking. I beast probably mode. should track. You're in beast mode right now. Yeah, but I, I'm definitely in beast mode. Uh, like I said, I got to take you know a couple day break yeah. because I did tweak my shoulder. But I will be back 
I'm even. I'll probably just do more leg workouts if anything until yeah, my do shoulders. That. Do that, nice man. Do that. And shout out to Thad, you know? man, for being for being an inspiration, for being an inspiration for the for for my boy Buddy here, because that's what it's really about, right? I think in the beginning of the show we talked about you know six degrees of separation, the neighbor next door, and the, those are really the people that affect you, right? As much as we look up to the to the celebrities, celebrities, the idols, yeah. the big fish. It's really the people right next to you, man. The people that that you share space with, that you spare time with, that you spend stories with, that really affect the way you move. And this is a beautiful story on how one person with consistency and intention can change your habit and eventually change your life. And with that, man, absolutely, let's, let's get into let's get into some affirmations. I feel like it's a good moment to really soak this up and really get into the affirmations for next week. I know what yours is going to be. It's probably going to be leg day. Leg day is your affirmation. <laughs> I am leg day. <laughs> so we're going to keep on running. <laughs> yeah, so I, I believe I went last. We're going to do, the, so we gonna do this every episode. We're just, we just going to go back and forth. I don't know, but we're doing it this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you go first. Oh... For this week, I am uh, I'm malleable, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. malleability is the ability to change, adapt, and that's what I'm going to need to be able to do. I'm going to be able to uh, I'm going to need to be able to be malleable this week, and not just this week, right? Um, for the foreseeable future, learning, looking at my faults, um, changing around them, uh, continuing to use my strengths. So just really just changing as a person and being malleable, taking that feedback, advice from others and really incorporating it. Because I think, you know, just like you echoed, amazing things can happen when you listen and really take into people, really take into account what other people say and put it to practice. What you got? I like that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, maybe I should have started first. Um, now I have to like right, pivot. Derek one. <laughs> what I was going to use. Buddy zero. <laughs> As I try to think of my affirmation. Yeah. Uh, so I am a learner. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's my affirmation. I am in a season when I'm, I'm learning a lot about a lot of different things. Yeah. And one is going to be what it means to, to you know, be back into my readings. Um, so again, I've been in a good flow of working through books. So that I can, you know, gain insight and knowledge that I can share with you all as listeners and friends and family. And it allows me to be more thoughtful about how I show up and the things that I do, um, right, reflect. Um, so when you're a learner um, and you commit to this lifelong learning, um, there's a lot of reflection that just exists in that. Um, so I'm definitely thinking and, you know, challenging myself on various aspects or why is it important for me to go to the gym? Um, again, for me, when I feel good, I do good. And when I do good, I inspire good. Yeah. And I want to see people be and do good as well. It's infectious. So I, I try to, it's infectious, yeah. you know, and I want to be that example. The same example Thaddeus set for me um, set for um, is the same example I want to set for the next person, love the it. neighbor next door. I love it. I love it, man. I love it, man. And we're taking those measured steps to live that unmeasured life. I love it. I love it. You heard. And with that, yes, sir, hit it. Oh, oh, oh.